host, Josh Williams here, and welcome to episode number 22 of the One Man Podcast for Wednesday, October 11th, 2017. Happy belated Thanksgiving to all of my Canadian listeners, and of course, happy weekend to all of my American and uh, everywhere else in the world listeners. Thank you guys, of course. Welcome to new listeners. Welcome back to old listeners, to my established listeners we've decided to call you guys. Um, can you hear all that shit in my fucking mouth? <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, what a way to start a podcast, right? Well, I'm too fucking tired to start this thing over again. I really am. I'm too tired. I'm too tired to talk again for another minute. <sighs> water, water. Like I'm surviving in the fucking desert here. I, I love the idea that I can just sit here like a cocksucker. <laughs> just pretend like what I'm doing is the hardest thing in the world. Yeah. Right. Normally this is the point where I go, you know what? I've just been rambling at myself and maybe there's some humor here and I would just go, ah, the first minute is always the hardest for me with the one man podcast. Cause I just never know how to kick it off. I never know what to say first. And typically I will just start going really John, you fucking it. And it's so close to the beginning that I feel totally comfortable restarting it two or three times. And, uh, and sometimes I, I decide, you know what I'm going to do like it right now. I'm right on the edge guys. I gotta be honest. I'm right on the fucking edge of just, do I leave it or do I keep it going? But, um, I feel like uh, I'm just staring at the clock ticking up going a ah, minute and a half. I can fucking, I can get rid of that. Um, yeah, but you know what? Fuck it. Let's leave it in this week. See what happens. Tell me what you think. Do you enjoy me? Do <laughs> I don't fucking know. Um, so yeah, I, I hope you guys had a great uh, Thanksgiving in Canada. I hope you all had a great weekend elsewhere. Um, as usual, you know, I'm going to be talking about what happened with me last week. What's going on with me coming up this week. You know, read your emails, have some fun. It's going to be a great time. It's gonna be a great time, right? Read the read the wonderful article from Uncle John's Bathroom Readers from my partners at Portable Press. You know, talk about how I drink Summersby and perform at Absolute Comedy. Oh, fit all the sponsors in right off the top. And we'll even give them some more airtime later. I'm generous. You know, thanks. Thanksgiving is a time of giving back. So thank you to all of them, my my loyal sponsors who give me stuff in exchange for me saying things. Again, the hardest, I got the hardest job here, guys. I gotta talk. So, you know what? I, I may as well start by saying I have got a day job again, right? I've already told you guys I'm working for the source. Started that last week. I had a, a shift or two under my belt before I put recorded episode, uh, you know, number 21. And uh, and that's where I sort of finished off my week. I worked uh, again Thursday. I worked there Friday. And uh, store was closing down Saturday. So I had an opportunity to sort of hang out, shoot the shit, learn a little bit more, right? Whenever you're starting a new job, first off, the source is, uh, yeah, why don't I go ahead and just shit on my new job right off the top, right? Just go, ah, with this place. I'm not trying to shit on it, but I'm just saying, like, if you don't know what the source is, you know, it was Radio Shack for Canadian listeners and, you know, people in the States, it was kind of like a Circuit City sort of rummage. I don't know how to describe this place because it's got like a bunch of odds and ends. It's got batteries and TVs and remote control cars and fucking video games and headphones and odd little adapters for shit that hasn't worked. There is a like a good six foot fucking wide section of phone cords. And I don't mean phone cords like lightning cables for Apple because that's fucking current. No, no, no. We're talking about the phone line, you know, cords, the tiny little ones that you plug into the jack with the little plastic things, which, you know, co according to today's standards for, for connectivity, probably one of the weakest goddamn designs you've ever seen in your life. There's like a six foot wide 
three foot tall section of just different lengths of phone cords and different types of phone cord jacks that you can use to split the phone cord. Like it is, I, it is the, one of the most outdated sections, but, but here, here's me taking my first stab at getting fired for saying what I say on my podcast. Um, Bell outstanding quality company and that I'm not joking, but, but they sell phones, phone service, like, like to the fucking house. Remember that? Do you guys remember that? Do you remember, do you remember weird old cereals back in the day? A bunch of shit that's not around anymore that nobody gives a fuck about because you outgrow it. Well, guess what, Bell? We outgrew the fucking phones in the wall. We all have phones in our pockets. No one's like, I gotta run home and get a, make a fucking wall call. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the, 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 the training and stuff that I received when I worked at Bell, which is 2015, going back a few years, um, was saying how like 30% less people per year have a home phone line. I actually have had Bell service for over, I think, uh, a year now, over a year I've had Bell service That's internet and TV. Okay. But as part of like the deal to get the, the best pricing, like it would have cost me more money to have just TV and internet, but they gave me a deal where if I had TV, internet and home phone, it actually cost me less. So I actually have a jack in my wall that I have never connected a phone to. Like I, I, I subscribe to a wall service. I couldn't even tell you what the fucking phone number is. In fact, if I knew what it was, I would happily say it out in the podcast. Oh, why would you give out your number? Because there's nothing that rings when you call it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't have a phone plugged in the wall. I can't picture a time where I'd ever want to pick up and be tethered to something. You know, I feel like a fucking dog being tied up inside of a convenience store. Just uh, hey, uh, my master's in there. Uh, you know, getting some ground. Just stuck to this thing over here. I find it a lot more convenient than just being free to do or you know roam wherever I like. I don't know if there's anybody out there that still sees the value of a home phone. Like the only the only thing I could see is when you know if you've got some young kids at home, but even then, like if your kid is too young for a cell phone, but somehow old enough to be left alone, I, I mean, that doesn't make sense to me. Like our, both of our kids have, uh, have cell phones now, simple, cheap plans, but they've got phones because there is the occasional time where one will babysit the other and we're gone for 30 minutes, go get groceries or something like that, you know? So, uh, it's, uh, I mean, I really can't see a time where it's, I used to think, hey, if you have kids at home and stuff like that, you want a house phone, but why? Johnson residence? <laughs> John Sr. or Jr.? <laughs> Fuck you. Right? I don't see uh, I don't see any value of 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 the home phone anymore. So I'm sorry, Bell. You put a lot of wires in the ground a long, long time ago, and you're just gonna have to fucking let it go. You're gonna have to be like that that department is is sinking. You know, it's not like they're really building up the infrastructure or anything anymore. They're just trying to squeeze that last juice out of your nuts, you know, on those phone lines that went in a long time ago. You know, focus on the five five TV, focus on the fucking internet. You're doing a great job with that. Stop trying to, you know, there's a lot of baby boomers that are going to die and we're going to look at the fucking, that jack in the wall. You know what I mean? Like the way people look at uh, typewriters and A-track players. You know, what the fuck is that thing? Get it out of my house. Take the plate off and spackle that shit up. I don't need that. Anyways, the fuck was I talking about? Yeah, so that's what the <laughs> that's what happens to my brain when I'm at work every day. As I walk through aisles, I look at something, I go, "Who the fuck needs this? Nobody needs this, and we don't need six feet wide of it." I can't find the shit that I need, but here we go. We get the fucking phone cables. 
You know, I will, I swear to God, I will take a, a, not a Snapchat. God, I don't even know what technology I use anymore. I will take an Instagram photo if I sell a phone, a phone wire. I will ask the customer, say, listen, can I take a picture of you with this? I want to prove that you people exist. I want all my podcast listeners to go, that's what they look like. And I guarantee you, there will be no color in that person's hair. You know, if they have hair at all, there will be no color in it. You know, they will be old and wrinkled and technology will frighten them. I will throw a fidget spinner at them and just watch them lose their mind. <laughs> Go, hey, this is the, uh, well, I guess that they understand the, the concept of circular motion. Well, I'm eight and a half minutes in and I'm not starting over. So this is the podcast so far this week, you guys. Um, I, I, I am enjoying working there. It's kind of cool because like I've, I've said before about the hot tub place that I really had no idea about the product. You know, again, I can give good customer service, but I was like, I was losing my mind because I didn't know the product. I didn't know what to find shit. I didn't know how to process stuff. Like the whole thing was just terrifying, but I'm back in a store that sells TVs and it sells cables and it sells cell phones. And these are all products I know lots about. Um, I'm still learning the systems, right? You've come in and you need to return some. I don't know how to help you. You know, I haven't been trained yet. Uh, we've been moving around a lot of stores. Uh, we we just, today was the first day at my new store, which is in the Orleans area of Ottawa, Place Orleans Mall, is where I will make my god-awful commute every day just because it's far. But um, we found our new store, both uh, my store manager, also named Josh, and myself. Rummaged through stuff today, looking to find things. Um, it was way busier than college square was. So it's a uh, really cool that I'm going to have an opportunity to, to talk to people and, and actually, you know, just be social during the day, have some fun, have some laughs. Apparently the customers think I'm a riot. I, 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 yeah. And like on, on stage, I know I'm trying to be funny. I, I can, and I can tell I'm trying to make people laugh and laugh. I feel like I've accomplished it. I don't really know what, uh, apparently customers just think I'm adorable. There was this one new person who was training today. Just goes, you're just so adorable. You're so adorable. And I feel like I'm an angry, crotchety fucker all the time. So it's really interesting when people are like, you're just, I, you know what? I don't, I'm never going to get it. I'm going to have to die with uh, an acceptance of the fact that for whatever reason, despite the fact that I'm crotchety and I seem to not know what I'm talking about ever, and I'm, I complain a lot that people seem to find me. It's like, is it, I don't think I can lose the weight guys. I really don't because as soon as I stop being fat and angry, you know, I think people look at me like I'm a big, like a, like a, like a baby or like some sort of pug or whatever that I'm just, I'm fat with wrinkles and I'm ah, it's like, oh, look at him. He's an old, he's a little old man and a dog or whatever. I think if I lose weight, then I just turn into, yeah, I, I think I go from arrogant because I'm fat. It's funny. Anyways, not bitching, just I'm trying to evaluate the situation and see how somehow it can make sense in my head. But uh, yeah, I'm enjoying talking with people. I'm enjoying looking at phone cords and backup batteries for security systems and <laughs> fucking cell phone cases for phones that haven't been available for the last 10 years. So I think that's what, uh, what Josh and I are going to be doing, uh, with this new store is basically just bringing it up to speed, making it a little more current. The old staff is gone. We are in, you know, J squared is going to make this a fun place. And I, and I look forward to telling you guys about all sorts of funny little interactions and stuff like that with customers as it stands right now, I'm just still learning stuff. But, uh, at the end of the day, I am happy to be busy, uh, at least more, more structured during the day, um, doing this job. So I, uh, I did that last week, finished off at the, um, yeah, I jumped right ahead to this week, didn't I? Well, I finished off at college square last Friday. Um, Saturday was great. I mean, at Friday night I got to spend with my lady and, uh, 
I, I truthfully don't remember what we did Friday night. I think we got together, we got together relatively late. Um, I got off work late in the evening. She was visiting somebody. She was actually visiting the friend whose house we were house sitting a few episodes back in the country. Apparently she spoke to her about the stars, right? Those country stars and what they meant. And as I, um, predicted, she did not know that they were in reference to swinging. And apparently again, no one else has known. So one person, the only person who's ever told me their, their connotation who claims to have got it from multiple sources, uh, has not been corroborated by anyone else yet, but I digress. So Crystal and I got together late in the evening. I think we, we just put something on a pasta. I think we tried to put on rings, the new, uh, like the, the, the most recent version of the ring that has no cast members that you would recognize at all. Probably cause it's a piece of shit. Um, the first scene, it tried to be scary. It didn't make any fucking sense at all. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just, we passed out <laughs> very shortly into it. So Saturday we got up because this weekend we were hosting, um, crystal side of the family Thanksgiving, uh, at her place on Sunday. And then on Monday, my brother and his lovely wife were kind enough to host, um, like a Thanksgiving brunch because, um, I was running open mic Mondays on the Monday, regardless of the fact that it was Thanksgiving. We tried to do shows on those days to make sure that there's entertainment for everyone. So, uh, because of my, um, my, my availability on Monday, everyone decided to do a Thanksgiving brunch, which I thought was amazing and very, very kind. Um, so going back to Saturday, we, we knew we had a busy weekend of stuff to do. So, um, in the morning, Crystal had uh, an appointment to go to. I, uh, I just went to a Starbucks, right? I knew it was gonna be a long day. So what did I do? How did I get myself ready for a day of distraction and work? Um, I went, I did some brain puzzles. I did some funny little brain puzzles at, uh, at Starbucks. I got myself a coffee, sat down with my books. It was very, very busy. It was very hard to find a table actually, but, uh, I got, a, I got a couple little brain books that I think are, are fun. I like doing these puzzles and stuff. And what I did was I, I actually took a picture on my, uh, Josh Williams comedy Instagram account. And, uh, I posted the blank, um, puzzle that I did. Like I did a few of them, but I posted one of the ones I did blank and then I posted again, completed. So if you're interested in that, go to Josh Williams comedy on uh, Instagram and you will see the, the puzzle blank and then uh, completed. So don't, you know, feel free to ruin it for yourself, but you're going to want the one that is, uh, empty blank. So anyways, I did that in the morning. That was fun. And then, uh, and then Crystal and I started doing some shopping, right? I had to get stuff for Thanksgiving and, 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 you know, um, hats off. I will give a nod to all of you out there who are hosting Thanksgivings you know, or a part of the process because it is a lot to plan. There's so many people sometimes in the family that are picky or can't eat this, can't eat that. Um, it's a lot of work to get your house show ready and to, to organize the foods so that is all cooked at the same time and, and manage people. One of the biggest things that I've found over the years is just the seating, right? So sometimes people are like, yeah, yeah, we're going to host this year. And then they're like, fuck, we don't have room for everybody. So you end up sitting at a fucking <laughs> you're sitting, they're pulling like uh bedside tables from, from not that we've ever done this, of course, but you know, you're pulling like a, like a night table from a bed and trying to put a plate at it just because there's not enough, you know, table space or chair space or anything like that. You're, you're makeshifting a lot of things here, sit on this beer case. So Crystal and I have typically been the ones to host the, uh, the, the Christmas and Thanksgiving over the last few years, um, for family and stuff like that. So, uh, this year. We did the Thanksgiving, but, uh, but my brother and his wife did the, my side of the family, my mom and, uh, and my dad 
And, uh, and of course, him and his wife, blah, 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 Crystal and the kiddos. Anyways, not that all of this is pertinent. I feel like it, like that's how I deal with information is like, I want all the information if I leave the hole. So every now and again, I'll get into a story that you guys may or may not be interested in. And, and I just feel like I fucking give you every last piece of information. Like it's somehow important. Point being is we got to host one and we got to be the guests of one. And I, I tell you guys, for those hosts out there, you guys know it is better to be the guest, right? So we, uh, we did shopping on Saturday for that, got everything that we needed. Crystal, uh, where she works, of course, the, the therapeutic farm, she talked about that way back in episode number four. Um, we got a chicken from there. We had chicken, not, not Turkey, but holy shit. Was it, was it big and delicious? Of course, farm Turkey. So, you know what, you know, she works there from time to time. So she knows exactly what they're fed. You know, it's a, it's a clean, you know, organic, healthy animal. So yeah, it was, uh, we were excited for that. We started putting up, uh, some of the stuff that we got. So on that trip that we took to the, the, the country house to, to house it, we bought one of those country stars ourselves. So we had that, we put that up, um, you know, had all sorts of decorations that Crystal's been, uh, been picking up some great like wall art, um, you know, got the house ready. That was part of getting the house ready. Right. So we did our shopping. Now it's time to, to start putting some things up, making the table clear. Um, so I brought my tools. We started doing that on Saturday. That was another thing that we did. We started doing some crafts. Okay. Um, we went to Michael's and, and that is, uh, is a very cool craft store. Lots of shit on sale at Michael's. Uh, if you sign up for their app every couple of days, you get like a 50% off one item coupon, which is outstanding because everything there. I'm like, fuck, what am I? It's fucking October. How the hell am I swatting mosquitoes indoors? Anyways. Um, so yeah, Michael's is a great, that's me. That's my fucking ADD. What the fuck is that slap? And then just get mad. Um, yeah, we went to Michael's, the craft store. Michael's has all sorts of cool shit. There's always discount coupons that you get. And uh, they're, they're a lot of fun. Like you're gonna hear more about that come Christmas time. Cause last year we we made our own Christmas cards that are like hot glue guns and buttons and ribbons and shit. It was fucking awesome. I swear when I'm excited about craftables, okay? We had a, we had a great time. I will, I will post pictures of the cards this year, right? And you guys know what to do. If you're not already, One Man Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, you'll see that shit. Um... So yeah, we went to, we, we bought a fake like styrofoam pumpkin. The outside had some sort of like latex thing on it. So just like not really painting a great picture, but the idea is it's like a latex pattern. That's like shrink wrapped onto the styrofoam pumpkin. So the pumpkin looks real and textured and everything like that. Um, but it's just styrofoam inside. We cut the top onto that, put some fucking, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to describe. We put like reeds and, and, and wheat and all sorts of stuff sticking out of the top of this pumpkin. And then we got a bunch of like leaves and stuff like that and hot glue gunned them to the, uh, the outside. So it basically like a pumpkin with like a bunch of leaves around the top. And then shooting out of that is, uh, like, uh, wheat and, and, you know, um, pine cones and stuff like that. It was super, super good looking. Um, so we spent the afternoon building that. That was a nice like centerpiece for the middle of the table. I wish I'd taken a picture of it and, uh, and that way I'd be able to post it for you guys. So you'd see it, but, uh, but I didn't, I didn't. And I don't know if crystal has it on her, uh, her Instagram. I think hers is private. So you can't look anyways. What am I doing? Just all sorts of disappointment. Anyways, point being, we had some great crafts. So, um, like the day started off with, with like this said, the brain puzzles for me the appointment for her. Then we went shopping together, get the food and all that stuff. Right. Then we started putting up all of the art and getting the house ready, cleaning up. Um, you know, we did the crafts and then we, we topped off the end of the day. We did some late night baking. So, uh, crystal 
you know, in her usual fashion, not only she do the, the creative art stuff, but she finds all sorts of cre- anything creative. She's fucking awesome. I'm telling you that, that, uh, that, that leisure and rec stuff that she did really, really paying off. Cause I tell you, she's great at coming up with ideas for fun activities and stuff like that. I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm like, uh, one of the, the people that she, I, she's got a good way of handling me. I tell you, I got, I got a good one there. She knows exactly how to handle my triggers. But, uh, but she's also like great at, at finding these activities for us. So we, we, she got a bunch of different baking ideas, um, you know, and recipes off the web. So we did like pumpkin spice cookies with like make your own fucking cream cheese icing. Oh, it was good. So we, we made these cookies. They looked fucking terrible because when you, when we finally put the pumpkin puree and everything like that down on the sheets that it was just, it was like globs, right? It had the texture of like, I don't know, like really thick pancake batter. So when you put it down, it just fucking held the shape that it dropped in. And it was like sticky. I'm really trying to think of something that's like, like almost like, like wet bread dough. Just if it's too sticky, just sticks to your hands. You can't fucking get it off. You know, like if you've ever, ever, you ever played with a, here's an example might work like Pillsbury, you know, croissants when you cut the tube off and they just fucking stick to everything. So it was like that. So you couldn't get it off the spoon without it sticking to the spoon. So everything's like poking out in weird ways. It didn't, they didn't just, you know, sink or slop down into like, you know, cookie form. They stayed in these goofy shapes, but it didn't matter. They tasted, they tasted delicious. They didn't get hard or or crunchy like cookies. They were still soft, almost. I don't even know how to fucking scratch. They like, they weren't mushy, but they were like spongy. You bite into them, but it was delicious. It tastes like pumpkin. That fucking cream cheese icing was a huge, was a huge hit, but we, uh, we made those Saturday night, having them ready for, you know, Sunday when Crow and her family came over Sunday morning, we woke up and we finished, uh, Gerald's game. I believe in the last podcast, we said, we watched that. That is a movie where a chick is handcuffed to a bed. Her husband tries to fuck her. That's uncouth, but yeah, that's what he tried to do. He tried to fuck her because it was a rape uh, fantasy of his. She didn't like it. Dude got upset. Got a, had a heart attack, fell down, died. She's handcuffed to the bed and, uh, comedy ensues. No, it was, <laughs> it was a drama. Uh, Stephen King adaptation. We, we fell asleep. I think I said that in the last podcast. Uh, if I didn't, cause again, at this point with all the, the new job stuff, or whatever, I'm really not doing the greatest job of keeping track of stuff, but, uh, we started watching it last week and fell asleep. I recommended it based on the beginning and, um, we decided to finish it. So we finished it Sunday morning. Um, not bad overall. Um, I, I haven't read the book crystal had, but she was saying it was so long. She, the parts that she remembered were the parts that we saw. And we're not quite sure if the rest of it is sort of true to the source material or if it's been taken, you know, creative liberties, liberties, sorry. But the whole idea of the, the movie is she's handcuffed to a bed. And if she doesn't get herself out of there, she's going to die. There's a dog who's there already, uh, who starts snacking on the husband. You know, he's dead and now she's got this hungry dog who's already getting a taste for meat off the husband. And if she dies too, um, you know, he's going to eat her, right? Amongst other things that eat dead stuff. But anywho, uh, it was an interesting watch. Uh, definitely had an opportunity to, you know, um, to, to go into like what would go through your mind in a situation like that. So in terms of like, like recommendations, I would just say, hmm. If you're looking, if you're looking for a movie to kill some time with, it's not bad. It's not, it's not horrible. There's lots of movies you watch and you're engaged. And when it's over, you go, that sucks. (laughs) But this one was not like, oh, that sucks. It was more of like a, huh? I wonder if the original, like if that that was part of the story in the original, I find a lot of Stephen King adaptations. They, they have to make sense of shit. You know what I mean? I don't know if I've already said this, but, um, 
Stephen King is great at like, Hey, here's a fucking horrible thing that's happening. A horror movie. Um, and here's the story. Whereas like, I find that now with movies, everybody needs like an explanation of what's going on, you know, like, uh, Oh, there's, there's a mist that's killing everybody. You know, uh, why is it happening? One sec. I got that fucking mosquito. I got him. And now I have to get him off of my notes because if I start to wipe him up, he's just going to leave a big blood smear on my notes and I'll feel like a bad person for killing a skeeter. But uh, yeah, like in the, in the Stephen King movie, the mist, which is now a fucking Netflix series. I'm actually getting to the point with Netflix that I'm like, you know what? Does everything that it's ever been out before have to be something remade by you? Um, and I don't really know what the fuck it's trying to be, but you know, I might look at it. I, I'm also, I'm also desperate for recommendations for you guys, which I'll get into in a second. You know, there's shows that I want to watch, but some of them I've checked out on, you know, I've watched a few seasons. Now they're starting to bother me. Um, and some stuff that looks interesting, but you know, may or may not. So I, I do appreciate the recommendations from you guys. I, I did get one recently and I'm going to talk about that shortly, but, um, I, I watched the original mist and everything in that movie for the most part is true to the book. It's a short story by Stephen King. I think in either skeleton crew or midnight shift or late shift or night shift, one of those books, but it's like a hundred page short story by Stephen King. And it's great. It's a great story. And the movie has most of that in it. But for some reason, there's these, uh, military guys that show up and they start cr like crying and bawling and immediately they're like, Oh, we were, we were working on a technology to open up internet interdimensional doorways. And we must've opened something and not been able to close. Like, it's like that never happened in the book. You know, and, and to be honest with you, it's, I, I kind of like old horror movies and stuff like that where like, okay, there's a million zombies. Okay. There's this monster on the loose. Like there movies now, it almost seems like part of the plot has to be like, where did it come from? What's it trying to do? Why is it here? What happened? Like, you know, sometimes like I would say in a, in a regular disaster, let's just say like, let's just say out of nowhere, um, zombies show up, you know? You don't know your neighbor looks sick. He bites you. This not and the, before you know it. Twenty four hours, the fucking zombies everywhere. You know, the, the no more power. Cities collapsed. Like you're not gonna know what wh what started it. You know, oh, tell me the genome. Ah. You know, like you don't you don't know. It just you have to deal with it, and that's still a story. Just because you don't know why it's happening doesn't mean that it's you know not gonna happen, or you or you can't you know you don't have what you need to survive it or whatever. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a horror fan. You know, I, I enjoy scary movies and stuff. And sometimes I feel like they take a good story and they, they have to fuck with it just so that it makes sense. Like you can, you can help figure out the, the why. And just sometimes that's not the case. If shit happens, shit happens. There could still be a good story without knowing why it happened. And I feel like way back in the day, you know, scary movies and, and stuff like that. It used to be that something could happen and yeah, you just don't know why, but you still have to deal with it. You don't have to waste 20 minutes and, and ruin the story with some sort of connection to a plot line, you know? Anyways, point being is that I find that a lot of Stephen King stories get changed because instead of something just happens and you have to deal with it, right? Like why can't a story about a wife who gets handcuffed to a bed? She just dies. You know, this one starts to go into her past and why she's got, you know, like, and I don't know if that's in the original material. I don't know if they fucking added something stupid just because it has to make sense. You know, maybe you just, maybe you just having a fuck fest with your husband. You get handcuffed to a bed. Um, so we watched that Sunday morning and, uh, I really don't know if you guys give a fuck when I go on these rants, but you know what, as long as I'm still mildly interested in talking about it and I feel like I'm, I've got direction then I keep going, I have a little sip here. Hmm. Uh, I brought a lot of summer's bees. I did that too. We brought summer's bees so that, uh, 
for, for Crystal's family's Thanksgiving. We could, uh, have some drinks, play some games. And that's what we did. We, uh, got the house cleaned up on Sunday. Family came over early afternoon. We did play a couple rounds of code names, which again, uh, Chris had sent in who knows how many podcasts ago. Uh, fun game. We've played it now a few times with some people, super fun social game. I gotta be honest with you guys. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go off on a tirade or whatever, but I, from, from, you know, a couple months ago being a guy who's like, yeah, board games are, you know, they're a thing. I get it that people play them, whatever, you know, cause my, my interpretation of board games was like, sorry, snakes and ladders, uh, fucking monopoly. Like you roll a dice and you do what the dice tells you to do. Like, it's not to me, it never really seemed very fun, but my brother had just, just as recently as this weekend explained to me that, that, the board games now there's like, you know, reviewers and stuff like that, that look at it based on like how fun a game is, is based on how many choices you get to make. So when you roll a dice, you're not really making a choice. You're just rolling a dice and doing what the dice says, you know, it can seem fun if you're winning and losing. It's almost like watching a horse race, but for some reason you're controlling how fast the horses move. So, but you know, ever since Chris started sending those in and I've started, you know, going to people's houses and they want to play board games and stuff like that, you know, the first one was at Mika's house. You know, didn't know he was going to offer Settlers of Cantan. We're just going to our friend's house, see his kids, spend the night. Hey, had a good time. You know, we, we played we played a couple board games and it was fun. Um, You know, and then not long afterwards, I ended up, uh, you know, with at Chris's house, same thing, board games, had a good time. Holy shit, it was fun. And it's social. You know what I mean? Like we're not all staring at a screen like if you were playing online video games or stuff because that's the thing. Nobody turns their nose up at video games. You know, you just guys playing video games. You're like, man, I get it. Not my thing, but I get it. You know, they're clearly popular. But uh, yeah, these uh, these these games, very interactive, lots of choice, lots of decision. It's a, a lot of, uh, you know, I've been having fun. So Crystal and I have, have purchased a few of them um, and we played some with her family and her whole family had a blast. We ended up playing them uh, for, you know, an hour or so before dinner. We had a wonderful Thanksgiving dinner, started playing them uh, again, same game, code names. Um, started playing that after dinner. Brought out the pumpkin uh, cream cheese cookies. Oh, huge hit. Still playing the games. And uh, and we had a wonderful night. It was really a great time. You know, I got up Monday morning. Uh, Crystal and I got up early and made pumpkin spice muffins. So different strategy, but also with cream cheese icing and and everything. It's different strategy, different recipe. Um, those are muffins. Delicious. I filled, uh, <laughs> I'll tell this story real quick. Um, Crystal... Like this was, this was, this was how I learned this. Okay. So a few, like a few years back, we're at a mall outside of a treats, a little cake muffin place for anyone who doesn't know. And I, I can't remember what I was eating. I was eating a brownie with like this green frosting on top. I think it was for like St. Patrick's day or something like that. And there wasn't much taste to it. The, the icing, it was like, it was, you know, sort of stiff and green, but it was just like sweet. It didn't have like Really like, I mean, I, can't, I don't know how to describe it. It just wasn't much taste to it. And I was like, oh, icing's a weird thing. Like, I wonder what you put into icing to thick it up. Because it's clearly just tastes like icing sugar. But, you know, like, how do you make this stuff? I, I don't even remember exactly how I was phrasing it. But I was fascinated about the process of icing and what's in it. You know what I mean? It's just fucking pure sugars or like flour in it to thicken it. Whatever. Just chat with Crystal. And Crystal like answered me. And I was, I was fascinated. Like I was, I was kind of like, oh, what, like what's, what's in this or whatever. She's like, I think it's this. And I go, really? Cause it seems like she's like, well, I took a cake decorating course. And when she said that, that has been a running joke between the two of us ever since. Because it was like, it was like giving a, like a, a reference point or, um, you know, like a validation to, to what, like, like it was a, not a referral or a reference, but it was like a fucking credit, 
You know? Well, I know because I took a cake decorating course. And she wasn't she wasn't Snyder cocky about it at all. She was just making sense of what she was saying. I was like, really? Like I was fascinated. She's like, she's like, yeah, well, I took a cake decorating course. And I fucking burst out laughing. I was like, a cake decorating course. But she explained to me it was a fun little thing that she did with uh, you know, her, her mother-in-law and a friend of hers. I just went to to learn how to frost. But it was just it was one of those funniest things, like in just in conversation. You ask a question and this, I mean you know, I'm interested in, well, how does icing work? She's like, you know, this, this. And I go, really? Are you sure? She goes, well, I took a cake decorating course. I go, okay. You've definitely validated and confirmed that uh, you are qualified to answer this question. But uh, but but going back to it on uh, on Monday morning when we made the uh, the cupcakes, or not, I keep calling them cupcakes, fucking pumpkin spice muffins. There was, uh, she had a cake decorator bag that uh that she bought when she went she did her uh, her cake decorating course and uh we were we were pumping fucking icing into the center of these muffins and decorating the top of them and all that stuff man like again i just hats off to uh you know my sound like i'm kissing her ass too much but you know what i i i gotta tell you guys every now and again you know what and, and we we get uh in this life of ours you know sometimes uh or maybe it's just me it seems like um I've had a couple, uh, people be like, you know, you really fucking talk up your girlfriend. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what this podcast is. This is me telling you guys what's important and what's going on in my life. And I had a great weekend with the woman I love. It was, it was an opportunity for me to just sort of adore that. Like I said, the, the activities, the crafts part, the, the baking, the just spending quality time. Like she's pretty cool for a chick who's go, go, go. And always busy. She's, uh, she doesn't just come home at the end of the week and plop down and go like, all right, I'm done. Here's fucking, all right, let's order a pizza and, and stare at Netflix kids or whatever. Like she's still, you know, she really does make the most of the time at the end of the week to be with uh, the family and myself and everything like that. So, you know, just a little tip of the cap to, uh, to my angel. I, I had a great weekend with her, uh, to, you know, to say all that, you know, we, we had the, the, the brunch and we played board games, you know, um, it's, uh, I, I'm going to use, I'm going to use the end of, of sort of this last week, the going to my brother's place and having the brunch and playing some, some board games with him, the family, my mom, the everybody, um, was, I was supposed to be at open mic Mondays, as I mentioned, um, we did the brunch because of my availability, but, uh, you know, numbers were light because it was Thanksgiving. We decided to, to cancel that particular show. And, uh, and one of the things I'm just going to talk about on this particular podcast, a little announcement is that I, after Lord knows how many years of, uh, of running the open mic Monday show at absolute comedy, I have made the executive decision. I am pulling the trigger on, um, my, uh, my stepping down out of that particular role. It's, uh, it's my decision. It's not anything, uh, that I was approached about or, you know, it was basically just in talking with you, with, uh, with you guys and obviously mulling it over myself. Uh, my focuses have been to, 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 you know, work harder on the things that are important to me. And, um, and it was just like one of those, like, you know what? It's Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm really enjoying like the fact, like I said, the whole weekend of just spending, I go, it just really sucks that I have to, we have to do this in the morning. Like it was, it was wonderful that my family decided to, to do a brunch on Monday you know, just to make, make my, my thing work. But it was just kind of like, you know what? It sucks to always be committed to something that may or may not make money that, you know, um, to, to, I guess professionally or to just, just, uh, you know, as, uh, I'm trying to think of the right way of saying this to, to, to just politely say, 
Um, Open Mic Mondays was very uh, passionate for me when I first started. I started it, you know, uh, probably within my first year or two of stand-up comedy. I, uh, I was passionate about putting on a show and, and making a quality product. And, um, and, uh, obviously thank you to, to Jason Lawrence for putting the faith in me to, to be the one to run the open mic at his, his comedy club, absolute comedy, of course. So I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity, but as time has gone by, I've started new projects. And unfortunately the one that seems to take up a lot of my time, there's always, always variables and surprises, you know, things like comics last minute, not being available, having to be there on Mondays. Um, even things over the years have been like, uh, you know, if I'm gone somewhere for the weekend, I always have to rush back so that I'm back for Monday night. Um, so after some careful consideration and, uh, and things like that, I've just decided that, you know, um, I think it's always seems that there's holidays on Mondays too. You know what I mean? So it's like a lot of things I'm not able to do or, or, you know, um, it's hard to find stuff for. So just, uh, the juice is not worth the squeeze anymore. And, um, there's a lot of great comedians who would be very, very passionate about, uh, you know, being in charge and, and putting forth the best possible thing. So, um, I have spoken with, uh, with Jason, uh, as early as this morning and, um, and they're gonna, they're gonna basically take it over and, and find someone else. And I am going to focus on more important things like back to my, my health, you know, losing weight and, uh, you know, going to the doctor and getting figured out all of my medical stuff, you know, writing more, spending more time with the family and hopefully having more adventures that I can tell you guys about, uh, going forward. So I guess I just, uh, just sharing that with you. And I wanted to take a second and mention something else is that I have now got a family doctor. So before I was mentioning how I have to go to like the walk-in clinics and who knows who's going to follow up with me. So I'm going to start doing that. Well, I, uh, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago when I was doing the PlayStation demos in the mall, I ran into a wonderful friend who, uh, we just talked about, you know, both of our medical, just, we, we did a conversation. She was mentioning some of the issues that she's had with doctors and, and their commitment to finding answers, you know? And, um, I think, uh, I think it just got me started on my thing. We were just chatting back and forth and she was mentioning how she found a doctor who was great. He was thorough. He didn't make you feel like you had five minutes to describe your problems and get out. Um, I'm sure you guys know by now I can talk a lot, lots and lots of talking, sometimes lots of talking, not lots coming out, but, uh, I'm, I just, it'd be nice for a doctor to be able to listen to you and not be like, well, you have five seconds to describe a medical condition that you probably don't know anything about, you know? So she was mentioning how great he was and, uh, and said, you know, it's, it's this number. I'm not sure if he's taking patients, but give him a call, drop my name. And I was like, that's, that's great. And, and like a lot of things in my life, I did take the name and number down and I was, you know, uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give him a call. And I had set a reminder for the next day. And, um, so she, she saw me in the mall, uh, went on with her day. I said, goodbye. Thank you so much for the recommendation. She messaged me later with the information that I'd asked for. I made her a reminder in my phone, like, Hey, give them a call tomorrow because by now the office is closed. And, uh, I, I think I called them early in the morning. There was no answering machine or I think I called them that night. It doesn't matter. I called them in their off hours, hoping that there'd be an answering machine where I could leave a message, get a call back that didn't happen. So two or three days later, I thought of it in just in passing, but I, I wasn't, you know, I was doing this PlayStation demos for 14 hours a day. It, it went by the wayside. And unfortunately with me, if I, if I don't do something, if there's no reminder, it will slip my mind. Um, especially so, you know, there's always the, the pain in my side. Oh, I gotta get it, you know, but that it, it comes and goes and that's what being a giant idiot is, is that you put yourself, <laughs> you put the really important thing second. So you can put people in VR helmets and, and help comedians get six minutes of stage time here and there. 
But, uh, but this friend reached out again the following week. She reached out last week and said, Hey, I was just at the doctor's office. I was talking to him and, um, you know, he had, uh, he did say that he's not taking patients right now, but he has, uh, agreed to make an exception for you. So please call his office right now. He's expecting your call. Tell them that I, I sent you, uh, I, I referred you. And so I did. They, uh, you know, I got the reception person. They said, yep, he'll, uh, he'll call you back. Um, you know, we'll ask him and he'll call you back. And I said, oh, okay, great. Or they'll call me back, whatever it was. I waited, didn't hear anything that day. And considering I was, I thought he was expecting my call. I was a little surprised. So I called back the next morning and I spoke to someone different and they said, yeah, we haven't got a message back from him yet. And I go, oh, well, I thought he was expecting my call. And they go, yeah. And I go, well, is there a time that I should call back and follow up? And she says, no. She goes, no, don't, 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 don't bother. Don't, or don't call, not don't bother. Just no. And I go, so I, there's no point. So if I, if it's three weeks and I don't hear anything from you guys, I shouldn't call. She goes, no, we'll, he'll, we'll call you when we get the doctor's reply. And I go, okay. So I sent my, my friend a message saying they just told me to, to wait for, for his response. So she called, I guess, and spoke with them or whatever it was. And she asked me for my phone number and said, the doctor didn't get the note or he's misplaced the note. So what's your phone number? I gave it to him. I got, I gave it to her. And two minutes later, I get a phone call from them saying, yeah, we spoke to the doctor and he's committed. So apparently, apparently the doctor, Hey man, doctors are busy, whatever. But apparently he had, he had misplaced the, the, my contact information or whatever it was. So I wasn't able to get them to call me back or, or one of the receptionists misplaced the, the information. So the point is this woman, whoever it was was like, yeah, don't call us. We'll call you. I'm like, well, you can't call me. You don't have my fucking information. So anyone listening, don't, I mean, side note, if anyone ever tells you that don't call back, always follow up, always follow up. Very important. Uh, if they're not getting back to you, call them, light a fire underneath them. You know what I mean? Maybe they mean to run. Maybe they lost the fucking note. And if you're sitting there waiting for them to call you, that call's never going to come. Anyways, I digress. The point that I'm making is that, um, I, I got approved. I got a doctor's appointment for November 1st to meet my new family doctor. I, I couldn't be more excited. And I really have to say from the bottom of my heart um, that uh, my friend Vanessa did an amazing thing for me. Not only did she make the recommendation, not only did she take the time to send me the information, not only did she talk about me to her doctor when she went for her appointment and helped follow up with me to contact the doctor to push my information through for everything like that. So, um, I have to say thank you so much, uh, Vanessa for taking the time to, to ensure that, um, that, 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 that happened for me. I mean, like uh, the amount of people I, I, I refer people all the time, you know, someone says I need something, I go, ah, here you go. And I think that that's kind of nice to just, you know, point someone in the right direction. But in terms of actually like, cause I, I could tell somebody something, I go, yeah, I'll send you the information, but I gotta be honest my memory shit. Sometimes I would have, I would have forgotten potentially, you know, if you reached out, Hey, yeah, I'm thinking of it now. I sent it to you. But the fact that you sent me everything that I needed was, was amazing. Um, you know, I just, uh, and I, and I thanked her for it afterwards. She's like, Oh, I was just doing a nice thing. Like, well, that's a super nice thing. Super awesome. Because, uh, I mean, as much as I agree, absolutely super nice. I just think in my day to day, I would have a difficult time remembering it. And the fact that you, you remembered and followed up and, and just, you know, basically rallied and pushed for me. Um, I'm very, very grateful. And, uh, going forward, I'll share with all of you guys, the fun news. <laughs> hey, it turns out uh, I have cancer. No. Um, I, I will just turn out, you know, the, the more things happen that are good, the more I can't wait to tell you guys that it happened, but I, I am very, very excited about that. And I just wanted to say a uh, thank you. Um, thanks for doing that for me, Vanessa. Very, very kind. Um, 
yeah, so that's uh, that's some of the stuff this week. I, the last thing I'm going to talk about before I go to the sponsors, guys, is the uh, I I like I said, uh, looking for Netflix recommendations from you guys. Uh, contact at onemanpodcast.com is always a great place for you to send me any recommendations. I I had a uh, a friend of mine, Dave, uh, wrote you know just sent me a text saying, uh, "Watch Big Mouth, super funny." Uh, and I believe that's what it's called. Uh, I, I'm pretty damn confident that's what it's called. But Big Mouth on Netflix is uh, is a great show. It's by two comedians, or at least two comedians are, are the main characters in it. Um, Nick Kroll and uh, John Mulaney, um, both super funny guys. Nick Kroll is definitely one of the executive producers and creators, but I, it could be that just John Mulaney is uh, is a voice. But both funny, funny guys. So basically the show from from the few episodes that I've watched already are it, it's two young men, two adolescents going through puberty and it's a cartoon. It's, it's very funny. The humor is crude at times, um, but it's crude. Like, okay, so you're going to see there, you're going to hear the odd dick joke. You're going to hear the odd reference to somebody's balls just for like a laugh point, but the show is hysterical. The young kids in it. So the two boys, and then they've got a friend who's a girl. They have some other friends as well. It's such a funny look at uh, kids going through puberty and what their hormones are telling them. In fact, the kids in it uh, have hormone monsters. So one guy, every time he starts to, to have hormones or, or thoughts or whatever, this monster shows up and starts talking to him about it and everything like that. And it's just his hormones telling him what to think, what to do. And the same thing happens to the girls. Um, in it, I know that Kristen Wiig is in it. Uh, T.J. Miller, I believe. Jordan Peele, uh, writer and director of Get Out, uh, also from Key and Peele, he does some voices in it. Um, it's really funny. It's a really funny show. I enjoyed it. Again, a little crude, but um, but enjoyable. Like if you look past what's happening and you just think, holy shit, like this is a hilarious parallel to you just you not knowing how to think or feel when you're at that age, um, and having questions stuff like that. So Big Mouth gets a, uh, a big recommendation from me to you guys. If you watch it, please tell me what you think. But um, I think it's hysterical. I think it's a hysterical show. I can't wait to watch more of it. Uh, Crystal was not the slightest bit interested in watching any of it with me, but I did uh, I did watch an episode or two this weekend while we were uh, doing some cleaning and uh, when I was peeling potatoes. I made a lot of potatoes. I made a lot of potatoes. So uh, anyways, yeah. So moving forward, guys, of course, as always, it's time to give the sponsors a little bit of attention. Appreciate them um, being a part of the show, of course. So as always, first one out of the gates on the podcast is my partners at portablepress.com, uh, Uncle John's Bathroom Readers. So um, this week's article is from Uncle John's Legendary Lost Bathroom Reader. And the article is called famous for 15 minutes. So I, I, I always try to tie something into the article, pick something that's going on with me right now. And, um, I think I, I don't have, I didn't have any stand up shows, uh, last week. I don't have any stand up shows this week. So I'm feeling I, like, I mean, this is me stretching to try to make this article relevant to, to what's going on. But the simple fact of the matter is I haven't done anything in the spotlight for a minute and, uh, Nothing, nothing this week. I do have some stuff coming up next week and whatnot, but I just thought it's funny. We're all searching for a little fame. Why not hear some stories about some other people who were famous for 15 minutes? So, um, this is, uh, this is it. I can't wait to read it guys. Uh, we've included this feature based on Andy Warhol's comment that in the future, everyone will be famous for 15 minutes in almost every bathroom meter. Here it is again with new stars. Of course, I think it's a debut on the podcast. It's the first time I'm reading one of their articles, but, uh, the star Oliver Sippel, an ex-Marine living in San Francisco. The headline, 
Man saves President Ford's life by deflecting assassin's gun. What happened? President Gerald R. Ford was visiting San Francisco on September 22, 1975. As he crossed the street, a woman in the crowd, Sarah Jane Moore, pulled out a gun and tried to shoot him. Fortunately, a bystander spotted Moore and a managed, oh, sorry, and managed to tackle her just as the gun went off. The bullet missed the president by only a few feet. Hmm, nice save. Oliver Sipple, the bystander, was an instant hero, which is about the last thing he wanted. Reporters investigating his private life discovered he was gay, a fact that he'd hidden from his family in Detroit. Sipple pleaded with journalists not to write about his sexual orientation, but they ignored him. The next day, the Los Angeles Times ran a front page story headlined, uh, Hero in Ford Shooting Active Among SF Gays. The aftermath, the incident ruined Sipple's life. When his mother learned that he was gay, she stopped speaking to him. And when she died in 1979, Sipple's father would not let him attend the funeral. Sipple became an alcoholic. In 1989, he was found dead of natural causes in his apartment. He was 47. So sorry for the downer first story, but uh, that sucks. You know, dudes in San Francisco living his double life and, uh, and tries to save the president from getting shot fucking that's the thing that's why you don't want to put yourself out in the spotlight you know and it's not to say that he did anything wrong i mean the fucking guy you know the guy saved the life that's what he was doing he was being it's kind of a shame because he like you know say leaving leading a double life but probably on that trip to san francisco guy was being the most himself he could possibly be right just being true to himself you know yeah that sucks sorry to, to have the, the downer be the first story. the other stories are interesting but it's uh, it sucks that they started with the fucking down. I guess I guess we can only go up from here, and the other ones. But yeah, you know, even to say, and that's another thing too with fucking journalists is they don't give a shit if they ruin your life for a story. They just want the story. So, you know, I, I, why? Yeah, like hero in Ford shooting active among SF gays. Why is his being active among the gays important? Do you know what I mean? That has nothing to do with him saving the president's life. Anyways, next story: the star. Hiro Onada, a Japanese army lieutenant during World War II. The headline, Japanese soldier finally surrenders 29 years after the war. Hmm, piqued your interest? In February 1945, Allied forces overran Lubang Island in the Philippines. Most of the occupying Japanese soldiers were captured, but a few escaped into the hills. There they waited to be liberated, unaware that Japan had surrendered. They survived by living off the forest and raiding native villages for food. Villagers called them the mountain devils. The U.S. and Japanese governments knew there were high, uh, holdouts on the island, and for, for more than 25 years, they tried to reach them by dropping leaflets, organizing search parties, and bringing relatives to coax them out of hiding, but nothing worked. By 1974, there was only one soldier left, 53-year-old Hiro Onoda, one day, he spotted a young Japanese man drinking from a stream in the hills. The stranger turned out to be Norio Suzuki, a university dropout who'd come to the island specifically to find Onada. Suzuki explained that the war had been over for 27 years and asked Onada to return with him to Japan, but Onada refused unless his commanding officer came to the island and delivered the order personally. Suzuki returned to Japan, found the commanding officer, and brought him back to Lubang Island, where Onada finally agreed. The aftermath? Onada was regarded, excuse me, as a curiosity in the world press, but in Japan, he was a national hero. More than 4,000 people greeted him at the airport when he, turned, when he returned to Japan. He sold his memoirs for enough money to buy a 2,870-acre farm in Brazil, stocked with 1,700 head of cattle. Hmm. 
Next story, the star, Roy Regals, captain of the football team at the University of California, Berkeley, during the 1929 season. The headline, blooper of the century, uh, California captain runs wrong way, gives away Rose Bowl game. What happened? It was the 1929 Rose Bowl game. UC Berkeley was playing Georgia Tech, and the score was 0-0 in the second quarter. Cal uh, had the ball deep in Georgia Tech territory, but in four attempts, they failed to score. Now Tech took over the ball, but on first down, the Georgia quarterback fumbled. In the confusion, Roy Regals recovered the ball and started running for a touchdown. The only problem was he was running the wrong way. Benny Lom, Cal's center, realized what has sorry what was happening and chased Regals, shouting and screaming. But Regals outran him, carrying the ball 69 and a half yards down the field. Lom finally tackled him six inches from the California goal line. Uh, do, 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 do. The aftermath on the next play, Tech nailed Cal for a safety, making the score Georgia two, California zero. They added a touchdown in the third quarter, but failed to make the extra point. Now the score was Georgia 8, California 0. In the fourth quarter, California scored a touchdown and made the extra point, but that was it. Final score, Georgia Tech 8, California 7. Regal's blunder had cost Cal the game. The next day, Regal's was one of the most celebrated sports figures in the country. In fact, he's still known as Wrongway Regal's. So yeah, Georgia Tech, if he hadn't got that safety for them, they would have been six, Georgia Tech six, California seven, they would have won. Uh, and finally, the star, William Figueroa, uh, too many fucking vowels. That guy has every goddamn vowel except the sometimes Y. William Figueroa, F-I-G-U-E-R-O-A, and sometimes Y, a 12-year-old student. And it's funny that I'm talking about the spelling because that's what this is about. The new, uh, the headline, New Jersey student makes vice president look like a fool. <laughs> and it's spelled F-O-O-L-E, fool. You'll you'll understand why in a sec. What happened? In June 1992, Vice President Dan Quayle, a fucking idiot, visited a Trenton, New York, uh, sorry, New Jersey, there's me being a fucking idiot, elementary school while a spelling bee was being held. So I'll start that again. In June 1992, Vice President Dan Quayle visited a Trenton, New Jersey elementary school where a spelling bee was being held. Quayle took over. Reading from a cue card, Quail asked Figueroa, a sixth grader, to spell the word potato. The boy spelled the word correctly, but Quail insisted that it had to uh, that he had to change it because potato was spelled with an e at the end. I knew he was wrong, Figueroa later told reporters. But since he's the vice president, I went and put the e on the end, uh, and he said, "That's right. Now go sit down." Afterwards, I went to a dictionary, and there was potato, like I spelled it. I showed the reporters the book and they were all laughing about what a fool he was. The aftermath, Figueroa became an instant celebrity. Late Night with David Letterman had him on as a guest and he was asked to lead the Pledge of Allegiance at the 1992 Democratic National Convention. Afterwards, an AM radio station paid him $50 a day to provide political commentary on the Republican National Convention. Sorry, Republican National Convention. He was also hired as a spokesperson for a company that makes a computer spelling program. And that was a few people who were famous for 15 minutes. And um, I'll read you guys the two running feet at the uh, bottom. It's a three-pager, but the last one has a quiz. So on the first one, what cable TV channel is available to most American viewers? Uh, answer is C-SPAN. Secondly, heavy fact, pound-for-pound pound earthworms make up half of all animal life. That's 
gross. And finally, at the bottom of the third page, there was actually a little TV quiz that says the Adams family. And I didn't read the answers because I wanted to, I thought it'd be more fun to do it live and see what ones I get right. See how I talk to set amongst myself. So TV quiz, the Adams family. Number one, what language drove Gomez crazy? This one I know. I read the first question, but I, I know the answer without checking it. Uh, it's French, you know, Morticia would say something, you know, oh, I, you know, think of a French word, uh, bonjour, <laughs> you know, and he would be like, Tish, that's French and start fucking kissing her arm all like crazy, right? Even though, you know, she could say something stupid. Oh, pamplemousse, cornouille, cornichon, Tish, that's French. Uh, number two, what did Gomez call Morticia? I, I just said Tish, did I not? Oh, yeah, and that's the answer. Yeah. Um, how did Uncle Fester produce electric light? He'd stick a light bulb in his mouth. Let me just flip the fucking page over here. He put a bulb in his mouth. Oh, look at me go. There's five questions here. Number four, what kind of creature was Wednesday's pet Homer? That I don't know. Don't have a fucking clue. Uh, Black Widow Spider. Okay. And how was it the four foot ball of hair related to Gomez? It wasn't a fucking ball of hair. It was just a big, long, like waterfall of hair. Cousin It was his name. So he's a cousin. Yep. Cousin It. Oh, and that's the article this week from my partners at portablepress.com. Uncle John's bathroom reader, legendary lost. And, uh, yeah, so that was a lot of fun guys as always. Um, you know, I've got two other sponsors, absolute comedy, still my home for stand up comedy, just not my place of, uh, of book and newbies anymore. Now I get to just sort of spend some time on my Mondays doing some other stuff, but I do love absolute comedy and I know you will too. Absolute comedy is the best live stand up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. Hey, and we're back. And as I mentioned this weekend, one of the uh, celebrities famous for 15 minutes at our Thanksgiving dinner was my partners at Summersby. The sun gives life to the orchard. The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summersby. Summersby is a delicious sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter, and so are you, if you drink Summersby. <laughs> With flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now, you can try them all in the Summersby Mixer Pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on, and try for yourself the crisp, Refreshing taste of Summersby. Ah, your taste buds deserve it. Please drink resplendently. So coming up this week, guys, um, I'm I'm right back to you know learning this new job. 
Um, I'm at the source this week, you know, I'm trying to, trying to put in the hours that I can, right. Got, uh, got the holidays coming up. Want to make sure that I got that, uh, make that money. Um, tomorrow morning, um, or today for you guys, when you're listening to it, I'm going to be sitting down with a friend of mine, Matt Watson, who is, um, he's a good friend. We do, uh, our Christmas shopping and our gift wrapping together every year. Um, you know, he's a, he's a very close friend of, of mine and crystals. Um, Great com. I mean, I, I don't. I, I'm trying to think of how to lead in this because so much information to tell. Matt is a stand-up comic who has basically spent the last few years uh, living out of his car, and that's not like a hey, he's homeless. Let's help him. Like I'm talking about a guy who who went. I want to travel North America and and see comedy in every different city and and be a part of it where I can be and just live the dream. And as while some of us, you know, would go like, well, I wouldn't want to live in my car. There's got, there's that voice and that little flame in all of us. It's kind of like, like, how cool would it be to just, to just go and travel and just go to one place to the next and stay there until you want to leave and, and this and that. Um, and Matt, uh, Matt does that now. It's not to say that it comes without sacrifice, all of us. And I don't mean just living in your car. Um, but, um, basically Basically, I I love the romantic idea of just going like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna just pursue this dream of stand up comedy and uh, and travel. He now makes his home in the UK. Uh, he got uh, got his visa right. Matt was actually working on getting his paperwork while I was working on getting this podcast started. To give you some context, so the weekend that I was in Windsor getting some of this stuff ready, Matt was with me there uh, featuring. And while I was reading shit about podcasts, he was, uh, submitting paperwork. I think I basically just said that, but, um, yeah, I mean, a, a great friend, he's gonna be back around the holiday season. His family is here in Ottawa. So, you know, we'll, we'll do our gift wrapping stuff and I'll talk about all that goofy shit. But Matt and I are sitting down tomorrow before he leaves, uh, back to the UK for the next month or so. And, um, I'm going to just ask him about, uh, you know, what's it like living in, in a car? What's it like just you know, doing the daily grind that we all do, but, but, but living the dream and how does that, how do you make that work? How does, how does living in your car, living on the road work? You know, and we're not talking about people in a Winnebago. That'd be fucking, I don't think anybody bitch about that, you know, but, uh, but there's also been some sacrifices and, uh, you know, I love the guy. I don't want to open up a vein or whatever, but I know that I've got some, some fascinations, some curiosities. And if he's, uh, if he's okay talking about them, then, uh, then we're going to talk about them. But either way, I think it's going to be an, a very interesting interview and, uh, I'll have that for you guys on Friday. So, uh, so that's, that's the thing I'll be doing. Just, just want to give you a heads up. I'm looking forward to that. And that's kind of it for the rest of the week. I'm working, I'm doing that interview and, um, and Crystal and I, who knows what activities she'll have, you know, I'm going to try to contribute some ideas as well, but I tell you that, uh, that lady, she's got some ideas. She's got some great fucking activity stuff. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun week, guys. I'm, I'm learning new stuff at the store. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, Hey, there's no need for me to keep rambling on here about what's going on. Uh, so let's get to the emails. As always, if you want to send in an email with whatever it is, contact at one man And, uh, and this week I was talking about how the, uh, you know, how we are at the store working with some of my old coworkers. Ooh, did you hear the buzz? I was pulling the plug out of the, the fucking uh, iPad here. Um, I was just chatting with some of the employees guys who unfortunately, you know, I won't be working with now because they're at, you know, different stores and we're in Plaster Orleans, but I don't remember how the conversation, you know, started, but we, um, we were just chatting about movies. It came up and in said conversation, we started talking about movies that we were like, we thought were just like a fucking 10. You know what I mean? You know, everyone goes, oh, it's a great movie. It's all one of my favorites. All one of my top five movies. But I, we were talking about movies that we think are 
10 out of 10. No problem with the the plot, no problem with the you know, uh, storytelling, the acting, the, you know, cinematography and effects, if you have to put that, you know, it depends on how deep your love of movies goes and and your knowledge of movies, but effectively movies that you watch and you go, there's nothing wrong with that movie. You know, um, I'll just throw a couple of my own out there. You know, um, I'm, and I'm, I'm used ones that I think everybody knows, but, uh, Braveheart is one for me. If I'm flipping through channels on a Sunday afternoon, which never happens anymore, but uh, if I'm flipping through channels and Braveheart's on, ugh, I'm watching it. If I'm fl- flipping through channels and Goodfellas comes on, ugh, I'm watching it. You know what I mean? Fuck you, pay me. Fuck you, pay me. Anyways, um, that's uh, a, a real, uh, you know, movies like that, you know, I, I Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, but without going too crazy, there's some movies that I just think are, are everything about them is fucking amazing, but I'm talking 10 out of 10, you know? So there's sometimes you'll see a movie that was just great, but there's that one scene. Every time you watch it, there's one scene that maybe just makes you bored or there's an actor in it you just fucking hate. And to me, that that takes its 10 out of 10 status. So we were chatting about that and um, my coworkers were, were all coming up with good ideas. So I said to them, like I had to leave, but um, I said to them on Friday before I left was, why don't you guys send me an email with uh, with your top threes? You know what I mean? Just, just three movies that are 10 out of 10 for you. And um, only Josh had actually sent it in. So, but the thing is with Josh sent an email with just three movie titles and I didn't know what to do with that. Um, you know, obviously we know that he thinks they're outstanding movies, but to just, you know, I'm not going to say hey, first email is from Josh and it says blah, blah, blah. And that's it. Right. So what I did was I, uh, Googled the movie and tried to find a synopsis for it. And I wrote down the synopsis here and then I added a rotten tomatoes score but that still doesn't feel like enough. So I am going to, for the first time on the one man podcast, actually call him right now. It's moments after the new store is closing and he just worked a 12 hour day. So let's see if we can get Josh to actually say what he thinks about this. Let's see if this works. First time calling someone live while recording on the podcast. So we'll get a hold of Josh here. I'm gonna call him. He's just probably leaving the store now. Josh, how can I help you? <laughs> so you answer your cell phone? Uh, well, yes, of course. It's uh, still business hours. Well, I know. Oh, is it still business? Yeah, but not on your cell phone. And business hours end at nine. Anyone who calls you knows that they're getting this staff to staff at this. Dude, I don't know how. I don't know the etiquette on this stuff, but that's that's very professional of you. So anyone listening, I just like to be professional at all times. Absolutely. If the source decides to dig this up. Uh, well, they'll probably already hate me for everything I've said earlier on the podcast, <laughs> but, uh, but I, uh, I just explained to everyone, uh, that, that you've been working a very long shift. So I'm sure by now you're, you're borderline hallucinating, just seeing things yep. and can't remember what your family's face <laughs> looks like and stuff like that. That or the three energy drinks I've had in the last six hours might be, you know, contributing to it. <laughs> That's awesome. I can't, I can't drink that stuff, man. It, it, it definitely makes my heart palpitate in my chest. Oh, so that's what those pains are in my chest. Yeah, it could could very well be. Um, oh, so okay. I was explaining to everyone uh, the background on uh, on the movie submissions. So I thought, while well, I have you on the phone here, I'm going to basically read. So I told them that I got your movies. I basically wrote down the synopsis from RottenTomatoes.com. And just in case you yourself, Josh, and of course any listeners are not aware, that Rotten Tomatoes is a website that basically scores movies out of 100%. And the way they do it is uh, critics will rank it and uh, audience will rank it. So basically just regular consumers and professional critics and the, oh, that's you getting in your car. Yes, sir. (laughs) Yeah. The way it works is they amalgamate the two 
criticisms together, professional and uh, and human, and uh, and they give you a percentage based on that. So I have found that to be the most accurate or at least reasonable interpretation of a movie rating before I go. So if I see a movie in theaters, I will go to Rotten Tomatoes and just see what score it's getting. Anything above 60%, it gets a red tomato. Anything below that, it gets um, a, a rotten tomato, a green squishy tomato. Now your movie picks here, not a single one of them is a rotten tomato. So you, you, know, you didn't decide that one of your favorite movies is Fast and the Furious or you know, something triple X. I'm attacking Vin Diesel. <laughs> Basically, right now. Don't like Vin Diesel. <laughs> Don't like fucking Vin Diesel. to he, see a trend here. Because he can't act. Anyways, but that doesn't matter. That's neither here nor there. Your movies are all uh, very well rated. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the synopsis because the synopsis has no spoilers. And I will ask you what you liked about them. If you can try to avoid spoilers because I actually haven't seen any of the movies here. So the first one that you gave a 10 out of 10, one of your favorites, is The Shawshank Redemption. And the synopsis, for anyone who doesn't know, it says in 1946, a banker named Andy Dufresne, Tim Robbins, is convinced, uh, sorry, convicted of a double murder even though he stubbornly proclaims his innocence. He's sentenced to a life term at the Shawshank Stake Prison in Maine, where another lifer, Ellis Red Redding, Morgan Freeman, picks him as the new recruit most likely to crack under the pressure. The ugly realities of prison life are quickly introduced to Andy, a corrupt warden, Bob Gunton, a sadistic guard uh, led by Captain Byron Hadley, Clancy Brown, blah, 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 names, names, and inmates who are a little better than animals willing to use rape or beatings to ensure their dominance. But Andy does not crack. He has the hope of the truly innocent, which together with his smarts allow him to prevail behind bars. He uses his banking skills to win favor with the warden and the guards doing the books for Norton's illegal business schemes and keeping an eye on the investments of most of the prison staff. In exchange, he is able to improve the prison library and bring some dignity and respect back to many of the inmates, including red and the rotten tomato score for that movie is 91 percent which is very very high um in terms of of everyone liking it so i actually had to read that synopsis first before i read it on the podcast to make sure that it wasn't going to give away any spoilers because that was a long ass synopsis but uh, what did you like about the the shawshank redemption like why does that stand out so much for you i find it interesting that a man you know uh innocent of of what he was convicted for could be as calm as he is in jail in the way the movie's depicted uh the friendships that he makes the bonds the deals um and even you know getting back at the warden here and there i won't give too many spoilers but there's one part of the movie where he kind of gets his own little jab back after becoming the the good guy in the prison cell doing taxes for uh the guards and the warden etc I mean, I can't go too much into it because it'll ruin it for people who haven't seen it, which is absolutely ludicrous because the movie's phenomenal. So, Josh, you should probably get on that. I've meant um, to. I don't know. It's just, it, it gives you that sense of, like, relatability. Like, if, if you ever think of going to jail for something you didn't do, it's the total opposite of what anybody would do if they're completely innocent. The right. guy is just so calm and patient in jail that you're intrigued by it. Because I know if I went to jail for something I did not do, I, w- I couldn't be like that. I couldn't be as calm as he is and, and relaxed. There was a Zen about it. Yeah. And Morgan Freeman yeah. is a boss. I really like Morgan Freeman and just about anything that he plays. Yeah, no, I read the book actually. It was a short story in one of Stephen King's books. I think it was not different seasons, but you know, something one, one of Stephen King's books. And it was a great story. And I actually know what you're talking about. And if the word, if the story is true, so I'd like to see it. I've seen parts of it on TV and passing, but I always pull myself away from it because of the fact that you know, I don't want to watch it from the middle. I want to watch it from the beginning. So, but I, I do, I'm, I'm, it's one that I've been meaning to. It's on there for a long time. Dude, I haven't seen fucking Grease or Footloose. 
Not that I put these in the same category. Yeah, I, I, I don't blame you. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen either of those in its entirety either, but they're not Shawshank Redemption. No, I just feel like there's a lot of classic movies I haven't seen. And again, I don't know why two movies about dancing and singing are up there for me. I might have skeletons in my closet that I'm not uh, owning up to right now. Um, your second okay. movie, much shorter synopsis, is uh, Moonlight. Moonlight uh, says the tender, heartbreaking story of a young man's struggle to find himself told across three defining chapters in his life as he experiences the ecstasy, pain, and beauty of falling in love while grappling with his own sexuality. The Rotten Tomatoes score on that one was 98%, one of the highest I've ever seen on a movie. Well, first and foremost, I really like the main actor in it. I really don't remember his name, uh, but there are previous movies that he's done that I've seen that I really enjoy his acting uh, played a part into it because this was more of an independent film than something that was really uh, marketed like you would, like your typical Fast and Furious or anything else. Right. Uh, won some pretty big awards as well based on it. Um, I don't know. I mean, based on the way that, like the world that we live in, I find the, the movie very real. Um, it's, you know, some of the things that the, the main actor goes through are things that you could imagine a person of, uh, you know I mean? With struggling with, uh, his sexuality and everything else, uh, going through. And I mean, it's something that's pretty relevant in the world we live in right now. Everything's changing. Everything's, you know, we're very open and, and whatnot. Um, I don't know. I just, I found it interesting. I found it very gripping and deep. Uh, and something that really, I don't know, grabbed onto you and held onto you for the whole movie. It wasn't one of those things where you were into it for 10 minutes uh, and then gone. It was really like you were interested from beginning to end and wanted to know more as it kept going on. Just just seeing the score, like I said, because I find Rotten Tomatoes so accurate. It's, you know, movie gets 100. It's definitely got my attention. And I did I did hear about it, just not one I've seen. And of course, your your final movie that you have here is called Lion. Uh, and it says five-year-old yes. Saru gets lost on a train, which takes him thousands of kilometers across India away from his home and family. Oh, I saw this movie when I was a kid. It was called an American tale. Um, it says Saru must learn to survive alone in <laughs> Kolkata before ultimately being adopted by an Australian couple. 25 years later, armed with only a handful of memories, his unwavering, uh, determination and a revolutionary technology known as Google Earth. He sets out to find his lost family and finally return to his first home. Rotten Tomato score eighty five percent. So uh, yeah, I I didn't even read the synopsis for that. I think I just copied and pasted it. Um, but yeah, that sounds like an American tale, only with technology. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's an American tale, but I, it, it's not even it. So it's a uh, it's an Indian kid. Good movie. The actor himself, I've never seen before. I thought played the role really well. Yeah. Again, it was another one of those movies that I found from beginning to end, you held on. You wanted to know more. You wanted to know where it was going. It wasn't one of those like, ah, oh, okay, I see how this outcome's going to end up. And so you just kind of vaguely watch while you play on your cell phone. Like I was, this is one of those movies where I had my cell phone down the whole time. Like Moonlight was just interested from beginning to end. Um, I watch a lot of movies and I mean a lot of movies. This one, you know, it's one of those trailers again, not heavily marketed, anything like that. Uh, I came across it in a random YouTube trailer, uh, just watching movie trailers that were coming up and, and was just interested in it and then kind of stuck with it. And here we are today as one of my top three that I would name. Uh, and just when you were saying about moonlight as well, and this one is just, just, just having an actor who's not, uh, who's not a face that allows you to really get behind the character like i find that too is despite the fact there are some great actors you know like dustin hoffman who 
You know, he's a guy who doesn't matter what role he's in. You forget very quickly that you're watching Dustin Hoffman because he's got such range. Whereas if you watch Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson is Jack Nicholson in every movie. You know, it's like, oh, this (laughs) one he's a dentist and this one he's a anger management guy and this one he's a fucking writer, but he's always Jack. You know, same thing with Christopher Christopher Walken and those goofy guys. Like they're just they're always them. So it's hard to to you know jump into the character because you just know the actor. Right, you know, or, or or you know, what have you? So I, I, I mean, I can appreciate the fact that if it's an unknown actor, you know, or or one that's at least not uh, mainstream, you get to appreciate the story more because you really do get to jump into this the story and and what's going on, and you know, you know, you don't keep breaking it, going, oh yeah, it's Brad Pitt. I know that's Brad Pitt playing. You know, it's funny. There's a movie <laughs> just popped in my head now. There's a movie called The Mexican starring Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah exactly anyways well i appreciate you sending in the email you're this is the first email for you on the one house you're also the very first phone in on the uh long time listener first time caller <laughs> exactly i've done a phone I've interview. always wanted to say that i appreciate that i can get that done on your uh on your podcast well now you can get all your friends and family to listen tune in on wednesday when the episode drops um oh, i uh, yeah give me those likes <laughs> i do it uh, for the likes make sure you post it at the right time for the optimal likes yeah i am uh, still learning all that stuff but uh, i appreciate you taking the time Malcolm to uh, teach you all about that what's that malcolm can teach you all about that there's an optimal time for all the you know the maximum oh, amount of likes oh the metrics and stuff like that well we don't get likes on the episodes yeah. we get listens well i i listen buddy i appreciate you uh a working your ass off today and B, uh, just let me uh, run my mouth at you on the phone here. I hope that it's interesting hey, when you listen. For you. <laughs> anything you anything to help out. I like the show. I like what you do. I support everything. Oh, he's Why breaking up. This? He's actually breaking up. I hope it records that 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 dripping up. Right when you were complimenting everything garbled and chopped out. <laughs> do you hear it now? <laughs> we can hear can you, you now. hear me now? I can hear you so now. Like I said, I've always supported you. I will continue to support very good at what you do and, and i hope this works out well <laughs> there's no way i could possibly edit this out because as soon as you say and i hope it gurbles out it's fucking hysterical but i'm gonna i'm gonna let you go for now i will give you a proper goodbye please forgive the the bluntness but i got to other fucking re- emails to read here buddy it's a very popular forum uh you are the man and i will see you tomorrow anyways that was uh that was kind of fun that was a fucking uh, phone in guys email questions oh that sounds horrible i'm so sorry to pop in your ears like that guys um, I might edit Siri that out. Not available. What the fuck is going you are on? You're not connected to the internet. I'm not trying to connect to the internet. Why are you going away? Let's leave all of this shit in here. <sighs> well, that was fun. Thanks for your email, Josh. I really appreciate it. It sucks that it, it cut out at the end there, but, uh, you know, we take compliments as they come. And, uh, and the last email from, uh, from another first time emailer is Alex, my good friend, Jimmy's wife, Alex writes. So I recently went out West to help my sister move back to Ottawa. I was with my five month old son, mom and teenage brother. Sounds like a great vacay already, right? We decided to book an Airbnb for obvious reasons, space, cost, and traveling with a baby just means parenting in another city. So you, uh, so you more or less need everything and a kitchen is helpful. We book a place within walking distance of my sister's place in a nice neighborhood. The ad says private three bedroom with kitchen, blah, 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 emphasis on private. Sounds like what we need and super affordable. It's booked and we arrive and get settled. We head out to grab a bite. And when we return, there was someone in our accommodations. What the fuck? We go in and in the, sorry, we go in and it's the lady whose house we are renting. Let me clarify at this point that this is a giant house and she lives upstairs and the Airbnb is fully renovated, 
is the fully renovated basement with its own entrance. Uh, yeah, okay, so she's in the place. I feel totally violated. Are you looking through our stuff? Stealing? I have no idea. Bad feelings all around. Also, not sure if I feel total invasion of privacy because I have a small baby or what. This is messed up, right? My mom talks to her and I quickly leave to avoid the awkward situation. Anyways, the week goes on and this happens multiple times. Uses the private entrance for our accommodations, does laundry while we are out, uh, came down one day while we were taking a nap to, to bring garbage bags. What the fuck? Seriously? Oh, and icing on the cake. There was a contractor banging upstairs doing work on our last day there. Why would you hire a contractor to do work for you when you have your place rented out to people? So here's my question as a first time Airbnb user. Is it me? When something says private accommodations, I assume I will not see you my entire stay. I feel like all of the things that happen just cross the line of common courtesy in general, not just the weirdness of feeling like a guest in someone else's home. What do I do? Give a shitty review full of complaints? It feels passive aggressive. Also, is it too late for that? I've been home for a week. Anyhow, rant over. BC is a wonderful place to visit. It's beautiful and people are great. I especially recommend if you are a foodie or nature lover. But next time I will spend some extra money on a hotel. Um, well, a, a few things with that. I've I've had Airbnbs before. Um, you know, I, I've never had anyone really intrusive. And I'm trying to think. I think I've done three. No, yeah, I've done three so far. Um yeah, I, I haven't had a bad experience yet. Now, when we went to Wonderland, we never even saw the the host for uh, for the Airbnb. We had the whole condo ourselves. We were across the street. It was immaculate. Zero complaints. Best stay ever. Hundred bucks a night for an entire condo. Amazing. Um, when I go to Montreal, the first time, never saw the person. What I didn't like about that Airbnb the very first time was the fact that, um. I, I already, I think I may have mentioned in a previous podcast, um, but the first time I went there, I didn't have this podcast was I couldn't find parking on the street. It said private or private parking spot or whatever. Cause that's one of my parameters that I sent is that I need free parking on premises. And in Montreal where this place was, there was, it was only street parking, which was not the parameter I set. And it was the middle of winter. And in Montreal, they had fucking goofy ass rules and so there was a few times where I had to move my, like I had to park three or four blocks away um, and then, you know, walk with my luggage in the snow and and stuff like that. Um, needless to say, I was really unhappy about that, but I went back in the summer and I knew, I knew that that was a thing and it wasn't as bad, you know, walking in the summertime is nothing, but walking when the, when we we're uphill and it was frozen anyways. Point being is if you set, you know, if you say you want Wi-Fi and there's no Wi-Fi, you're like, oh, well, there's a McDonald's two blocks away that's free Wi-Fi. You're like, yeah, that's not the same as having free Wi-Fi, just like parking three blocks away is not the same as having a parking spot guaranteed at your place. Um, the second time I went back, no problem. This time the, the fucking lock and the key didn't work. And I talked about that on the podcast. So this person was great. The, 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 the host was great. It was just, I, I mentioned in my review. So to answer that particular part of the question, um, I did mention the feedback in the review is that I didn't like that. It said there was private parking when there wasn't, it was a bit inconvenient to have to walk, you know, still give you five stars because you were very accommodating, helpful, whatever. And the second time with the key broken the door, she messaged me the next day, said she had a locksmith come in and fix it. But again, by then I was gone and, and my panic, you know, middle of the night, coming home after a show and not being able to lock my door and, and fighting the key. Like it wasn't a great experience. The, the price was outstanding and she was very, very sweet. You know, it's not her fault. The key wouldn't come out of the door. She fixed it as soon as she could, but just, you know, again, if you're 
in a hotel, you can call down a room serve or front desk and get that shit fixed. But ultimately, you know, I'm also paying a hundred and some dollars a night for that luxury versus 40 bucks at an Airbnb. Um, so I, I mean, to, to go back to what you're saying is your first time Airbnb. Now it sounds to me like she was advertising everything as very private. So the idea that she was in, in your space without like talking to you first or, or calling and saying, Hey, are you guys in there? Like, is it cool if I, I come in, you'd mentioned that she was doing laundry, you know, multiple times over the course of the week. So I assume that the downstairs is where all the laundry equipment was. Again, if this is supposed to be your private space, um, I don't see why she would be in there. Now I've had other Airbnb people who lived in the same space. We had a room in a house. Now it was advertised as that, but they were around there very nice, very chatty. This was the the Halifax Cabot Trail trip with Crystal. We were exhausted and and like I mean I think the most and this isn't even negative. I'm just trying to say like what was something I didn't enjoy at uh, that was wasn't that I didn't enjoy it. Just we were exhausted and they were they were young. They were probably up late. You know maybe had some drinks or, or energetic. We would have been driving all day. So for me it was like the, the thing I didn't like about a shared spot was just the fact that. Um, while I have nothing but good thing to say, to say about these people and they, we had a great social conversation the next day. It was just sort of like, like, because we were in a house with people we didn't know and we were in their home, right. It wasn't like a hotel. I felt obliged to, to have uh, small talk with them when I just wanted to go to bed. So again, wonderful people love their conversation the next day would go back in a heartbeat. Um, just if you're new to a spot and you kind of want to just hit that hotel, like there's, there's pros and cons with Airbnb. Um, I've never had a bad experience. Uh, that house that I'm referring to was, was outstanding. Um, and the people were amazing. It's just that sometimes there's like, like you said, there's like a, a common courtesy or maybe like a, maybe a professional line. Like, I don't know how many times this person whose house you stayed at has had, uh, you know, guests before, but if the basement is separate, she should have like a, you know, like here, come knock on the door. I'll give you the key and let me know if you need anything. You know, she made, she, she could send you guys messages and say, do you need anything? But the idea is that like coming in when you're there, um, I, I don't know. Like you said, your mom spoke to her. So the first thing I would ask is, you know, what did your mom say? You know, did your mom have a conversation saying, Hey, like, I thought this was private. We'd really appreciate it. If you'd let us know before coming in, like it, theoretically, you know, you could have the same experience with housekeeping at a hotel, a housekeeping, knock, knock, knock. And you say, no, you put do not disturb, but they still come in. You know what I mean? If you're sleeping and you don't hear them knocking, maybe you can't turn them away. I mean, that, that could still happen in a hotel. Um, but, uh, I don't know. So the first thing I would say is, um, if your mom told her, you know, please don't come back while we're here. Um, that would be, you know, I would say, and she keeps coming back. Well, that's, that's on this woman. Um, some people are, are overzealous hosts, you know, like I can be the kind of person to say, Hey, would you like a drink? Are you sure? I've got lots of stuff in the fridge. You know, do you want something to eat? Do you want, do you want me to put this? Like, like you can off, be like too offerish, offery, you know, too, too, um, she might be like trying to overdo beginning when she's showing up to do laundry. That's not really, you know, like when, when you guys found her in the space, you know, she's like, Oh, Hey, sorry, I just forgot to put sheets on. Like was, I, I would say, you know, knowing you and everything like that, I really don't think she had good reason to be there. So I too would be like, all right, listen, that's not okay. So not knowing what your mom said with her in terms of discussion would definitely tailor my response to this. But I would say in an event like that, you got to tell the person, because if you, I mean, the amount of times everybody else seems to think one way, and I know that I think a different way, sometimes shit has to be just crystal clear for me. So I would say that if somebody, 
if she did that, you kind of have to say to her straight up, like, hey, uh, really appreciate the place. It's great. Um, just we were under the impression that we would have to our space. We're just not really cool if you're in here with our stuff and our kid or whatever. Like, I, I'm, I, you know, maybe we're just, you know, just, just to be sure, is it okay if we could just ask you to maybe give us a message or whatever before you're coming? You know, maybe we can clear out if you need to get something or, or what have you. If you or if you just need something small, come on and when we're here, just uh, if we're not here, really, uh, I'd rather not come into to the surprise of you being here. Right, that just keeps everybody on the up and up. It's our first time with Airbnb. We'd like to, you know, we'd like to feel comfortable with the experience. And I think that sets the tone properly because you've basically said out loud, you know, and and set the. I guess you know it's a boundaries thing. That's the thing is you want to set boundaries with these people because it's not a hotel and because there's different options of shared houses and and detached and sometimes it's sometimes it's just a room in a place, um, which I've had the experience of is, you know, you want to set those proper boundaries. And I think that's the thing with the room. It's like, Hey, this is my room. Don't come in. You lock the door whatever. And I think with this woman, um, you know, I'm trying to play devil's advocate and say, maybe she just didn't have a proper idea of boundaries, but depending on what your mom told her, she may have just overstepped. You know, this woman could be new to Airbnb and herself, not comfortable with it or what have you. So, um, in terms of what you were saying, you know, you're saying like, hey, hey, is it me? I don't think so. I think you have some val valid, uh, valid, definitely valid grievances, you know, to come down while you're napping to put garbage bags in. Um, like I said, I mean, I, I really, I'm getting the feeling that she came down at almost always the most imminent opportunity times. You guys were not there. And then of course, just to have the banging around from the contractor last, last day or whatever. It is, like you said, just the icing on the cake of, like, what the fuck? No privacy. You're here when we're not, you know, you're coming in when we're sleeping, you're banging around upstairs. Like I would say the best thing you can do with Airbnb is you can send them some feedback that's private, doesn't go on their wall and just say, Hey, you know, um, all due respect, not sure how long we've been doing this, but we really felt like, uh, you sold it as a private thing and we really felt like we had no privacy. So I would say definitely give Airbnb another try, you know, maybe not, maybe don't do hers again, but I would say that, that realistically to answer your question as openly and honestly as I can think is that you got to, if you're having an experience like that, you got to, um, and this is not on you, of course, cause like I said, your mom had a conversation with her that you may or may not know what she said is you gotta, you gotta set boundaries. If someone crosses a line, you gotta respectfully, obviously. And you know that I'm not trying to come, I'm sorry. This is for anyone listening who goes, yeah, what would I do in that situation? The idea is you gotta set boundaries. You know, you gotta be able to say to somebody as uncomfortable as hey, this is so easier said than done. This is a very, I love that saying, take my advice. I'm not using it. I would have a very difficult time to doing it. I would, I would probably just clam up and be like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. And just never go back. But one of the things I'm working on, part of this podcast is, is coming out of my own shells that I'm not comfortable with. And and you got to say, look, um, I, I, um, I just gotta say, I'm, I'm really big on privacy. That's kind of what sold me. And the idea that you're here when I'm not is, uh, it's troubling. It makes me uncomfortable. You take me from having the security and the comfort of this, this thing to being like, I'm not comfortable because I'm not getting basically what I paid for. At the end of the day, you're not getting the product that you thought product or service that you thought you're paying for. Um, and if you, but if you establish that boundary clearly and they continue to, to disrespect it, I mean, you could flat out, uh, contact Airbnb and say, we did not get what we paid for. Um, this person continuously entered the the premises when, you know, I mean, here's their listing, go look at their listing. And they kept coming in. Um, 
You know, I, I personally wouldn't do that initially. Like I said, that's, that's if you're out there and you, you set that boundary, they cross it. But, um, in terms of like, what can you do? I would definitely send her the feedback and say, just be as honest as you can. Just say, look, I, I, you know, I, I wasn't there, so I don't quite have the feel. Sometimes you can tell by people's demeanor if they're just a little busybody or, or if you're there and you're like, none of this needs to be done. And she seems like she's just here to be here. But I would say go with go with your judgment on that one, but send her the feedback because you can send feedback directly to her that no one else will see and just say, hey, you really advertise this as private and private was probably the the least um, accurate word that we would use to describe our experience. So going forward, you may want to change the wording if you feel it necessary to be in the space so much or or alternatively, you need to treat it like a hotel room. People don't just come, the The front desk guy doesn't just walk into your fucking hotel room, you know, when you're there because they own the place, you know, they're downstairs and I'm upstairs and that's how it works. So leave her the feedback and then just say, you know, um, you could just say, you know, like I, I would say at that point, you know, maybe I would go like, I gave the feedback and I'm going to say, you know, um, I had a great time, the, 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 you know, talk about the place, try, try to talk about, this is my thing too in leaving a review. I find people, um, and I'm not saying that you're one of them, Lex, but just in general, again, anyone listening, is if someone has a bad experience, like let's say the privacy was an issue, you know, they'll be like one star didn't get my privacy. And the truth of the matter is um, there was lots of things. You know, maybe the place was nice and clean. Maybe it was walking distance from where you're going. Maybe it was everything you needed except the privacy. So I would just say when leaving a review, be, be um, you know, everybody take time and think about all the aspects of this day. You know, I've, I've seen people give absolute comedy a one-star review because, um, they didn't, they don't give out free glasses of water in the show. It's bottled water only. And, uh, people will actually leave a, uh, the show was great. The food was great. The, the headliner was amazing, but didn't give free bottled water. And when we asked why not, this totally shows one star. So anyways, that's, that is the, the, the new power though, with these crowd, uh, crowdsourced or, you know, um, um, applications like Uber and Airbnb and anything where you're staying at someone else's thing or getting in someone else's vehicle is that your rating and your review is the information for other people. And it really does help weed out the bad ones. So if, if everything was not to your liking, like I said, there's a great Airbnb experiences, but the best thing you can do is give her the feedback, let her know, because maybe she really isn't aware. Maybe she thought she was making, you know, your experience better by making sure that, 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 you know, the, the garbages had stuff in it. Maybe she was trying to pop in there to make sure there was no messes she needed to clean. Like, you know, I know people who get very insecure about their house being clean when there's company and stuff like that. You know, some people are just insecure, but yeah, you be the judge based on the, uh, the interactions and the body language and stuff that you were getting and, uh, and go from there. That was a very long winded response to your email, but I hope that, um, you know, I hope that, uh, that it made sense. And I hope that, you know, it helps out because like I said, every little bit for, for feedback helps, you know, I get rated all the time when I do Uber drives, you know, and I, I get people saying nice things. I don't, I don't get the, that's the thing that sucks with Ubers. I don't get the negative feedback. If someone has something negative to say, they don't, they don't send that to me. They only send me the five star comments and stuff like that. So, um, but you know, it, it's, I'm also amazing at everything. So I don't imagine there's any negative ones. I'm joking, but, uh, yeah. I mean, tell her that's, that's at the end of the day in terms of, is it you definitely not, if you're not, if it says private and you're not getting privacy, then something needs to be addressed. But, but like I would say before, before shutting down on the service or, or anything like that, set, set those boundaries. You gotta, you gotta speak up. It's kind of like, you know, speak now or forever hold your peace to an extent. 
Um, I totally support you 100% when you say like to do it afterwards as passive aggressive. I don't really feel it's that bad, but the idea is like, it's one of those like give somebody the chance to change, right? Because if they're doing something wrong and they don't know it, and I, I think that's more of just my own experiences of, of fucking shit up and not knowing that I'm bothering anybody or doing something wrong and people just assume that I'm maybe, you know, doesn't he know it's common courtesy? To be honest, sometimes I, I don't. And it's not necessarily a courtesy thing. Just sometimes I just don't see things the same way as everybody else. And for someone to be like, hey, I uh, don't like that. Like, okay, I, I, I appreciate the honesty. And thanks for taking the time to tell me. That's how I learn. That's how you get comfortable. We all win in that regard. Anywho, thank you for the email, Alex. I really appreciate that. Um, first time uh, for some email. And guys, that was the uh, that was the podcast. I thought it'd be an hour because I'm like, I didn't do a whole lot last week and I don't know what I'm gonna talk about. Well, here we are. Needless to say, I uh, appreciate you guys listening as always. Love the fact that you guys are here with me and listen every week. Uh, you know, we'll have another, uh, another week of adventures, more emails, guys. Uh, great interview with Matt Watson uh, coming up on Friday. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks.